Blog Talk Radio. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 23 of Real Travels. I'm your host, Lisa Iannucci. And on today's show, I talk about New York Comic Con, the Woodstock Film Festival, Jimmy Stewart and his museum in, in Pennsylvania, Where'd You Go Bernadette, Blinded by the Light, Downton Abbey, and so much more, and a special celebrity minute with soap opera royalty Liz Kiefer. Lots to talk about, so let's get started. cooler in New York today. I absolutely love it. It's nighttime as I'm recording this and it's 50 degrees and it's beautiful. I'm sorry I missed last week. If I do have any regular followers out there, it was because of technical problems, but I'm back. I also want to apologize about the microphone issues I'm having. I'm looking into a new microphone, so bear with me. But in the meantime, I'll do the best that I can, short of shouting at the top of my lungs. So what's been going on since I last was on? Well, I went to the Dutchess County Fair in Rhinebeck, New York, enjoyed some fried Twinkies, delicious corn, and of course, some rides. Summertime and going to a fair is definitely a fan favorite for me. But let's jump into some film and TV news. Uh, first, there's New York Comic Con, which will be held on Thursday, October 3rd to Sunday, October 6th at the Jacob Javits Center in New York City. I don't know if there are any badges still available, but check out the website at NewYorkComicConAllWrittenOut.com. This will be my third time there. The first time I went with my daughters, and I was actually in the middle of chemotherapy when we went. Last year, I returned for a book signing for my book On Location, a film and TV lover's travel guide, which you can still order on Amazon or through your local independent bookstore. And I had the chance to meet Jason Momoa, and that was fun. And this year, I'll return as press, covering the event from the event for my podcast and for some of the websites I write for. And I'll keep you posted as to where my articles appear. So far, from what I can see on their website, I see that Sean Astin, Billy D. Williams, Paul Rubin, Paul Rubens, Lorraine Newman there are just some of the celebrities who will be at the event this year. There are panels and vendors. Oh my! And honestly, it's one of the most exhilarating and exhausting experiences of your life if you go. Check out the cosplay costumes as you walk around, which really is one of the best things about going to to Comic-Con. More on all of this later. I'm going to have more on other uh, podcasts coming up, and we'll talk about things that you should see if you actually travel to New York City to go to Comic-Con that, of course, are film and TV related. At the same time as Comic-Con is the Woodstock Film Festival, which celebrates its 20th anniversary this year. If you've been a fan of my show or have read any of my work, you know that it's my favorite film festival. So if you want to go this time, is the time now is the time to plan uh, to, to take that trip. It'll be held October 2nd to the 6th, like I said, the same time frame as Comic-Con. So it's going to be a busy week for me as I hustle between both of them. Hearing about Woodstock is a big deal this year because of the 50th anniversary of the concert, which actually wasn't held in Woodstock. It was held in Bethel, New York. 
look, I'm not getting into the concert specifics. Um, there was a big 50th anniversary concert planned, but it's not happening anymore. It was on, it was off, it was on and off again. But to me, unless it's held in Bethel or close by and it won't be, it doesn't matter. If you really want to celebrate Woodstock this year, take a trip to Bethel and visit the Bethel Wood Center for the Arts. This museum is dedicated to the time period and to the concert, and it's fantastic. It's one of my favorite museum visits ever. I went several years ago, and I really do want to go back. Um, but you can get more information on Bethel Woods, that's with an S, center.org, Bethel, B-E-T-H-E-L, woodscenter.org. In the meantime, I'd like to actually give a shout out to Regal Cinemas for coming up with this unlimited pass because if you know me, I see a lot of movies and it's already saved me money the first month that I've used it. I got the pass the other day. For my particular movie theater, it cost me $23.50, not $18, which had been advertised. But when I added it up, I realized that I was already saving money just seeing a few movies. Um, which even at $11 for a matinee, if you see more than two movies, you're saving money. I've already seen five <laughs> in the first month. Sometimes I go just to go. <laughs> even if I'm not too sure if I want to see that movie, hey, they're letting me see it as part of my 2350, so I'm good. So I recently saw Where'd You Go, Bernadette, which I enjoyed, and I gave it a solid 8.5. But I wanted to mention the movie because where she ends up in Antarctica all I have to say is, wow, because the scenery and the snow all looked incredible, except I leave the theater and I look it up and I find that it wasn't actually filmed in Antarctica. It was filmed in Vancouver, British Columbia, which after that movie, I am adding to my list of places that I have, I definitely want to go see. I have not been there yet. I also saw Blinded by the Light. I gave that a nine. The movie is about Javed, a Pakistani teenager whose hometown's in turmoil and in the midst of this, he finds the music of Bruce Springsteen. If Bruce in this movie motivates you to take a similar trip that Javid took to Asbury Park, New Jersey, there are quite a few Bruce-friendly things that you can see. So I found an article, and uh, it's written by somebody who is more of a Bruce fan than I am and really takes you through the town into all the different spots uh, that Bruce is known for. Um, you know, where he grew up and, and where he's played in the past, including, of course, the Stone Pony. And I'll put a link to that particular article in my show notes so that you can see these same places. Um, also, I did take a look because in this article it mentions Monmouth University because there is Springsteen Archives and the Center for American Music is there. Um, and it it does say, just so you know, that research access to the collection is by appointment only, which if you're traveling to see that collection, you really want to keep in mind for traveling purposes. So again, I'll put that information in the show notes. So all you Down Abbey fans must be getting all excited about the movie coming out. I'm going to be very honest with you, and I think I've mentioned this before. I'm not sure if it was on this podcast, but I have not seen one episode of Downton Abbey, but I did just um, borrow season one from the library and I do plan on watching it and on Thursday night there's a special advanced screening of Downton Abbey at Regal Cinemas which I did want to see the movie anyway um, and I know that I haven't seen the whole series but I'm going to go see the movie um, but if you are a Downton Abbey fan you might be interested because I get a ton of press releases every day 
I got this one, and it says, Windsor Court Hotel channels British influence with September celebration of Downton Abbey. So if you are in the um, New Orleans area, keep, you know, you might want to keep this in mind. And what it says is, is in anticipation of the upcoming release of Downton Abbey, the movie, Windsor Court Hotel in New Orleans is calling all Downtonians to celebrate in style with a series of specialty initiatives, including a month of afternoon tea devoted to the fan favorite show, an exclusive Masterpiece Series getaway package, and a complimentary two-night stay for one lucky giveaway winner. Throughout the month of September, the hotel invites the lords and ladies of the Crescent City and beyond to don their period attire and favorite fascinators to take in the traditional pastime of afternoon tea and support WYES, the local public television station that first introduced the Masterpiece Classic Series to New Orleans. During September, a portion of the proceeds from all the tea sales will be donated to WYES. Additionally, guests who attend tea after the film's release and submit their ticket stub will be entered to win a two-night stay complete with in-room tea service. For Crawley Files looking for more of an immersed experience and who want to extend their Abbey-themed holiday, Windsor Court has developed a Masterpiece Series package. Guests who book the special package will receive two-night stay in a premium suite, daily breakfast for two, one bottle of Ridgeview Bloomsbury Brut, and I'm not a wine person, so I hope I pronounced that correctly, traditional English afternoon tea service for two, and one officially licensed Downton Abbey High Clare light-up ornament, uh, which I think is a great little souvenir to take home. Seatings for afternoon tea at Windsor Quarter Fridays at 2, Saturdays and Sundays at 11 and 2. And there's so much more to this, so you should really go to uh, www.windsorcourthotel.com. And the package is available online by using the code MASTERPIECE or by calling 833-790-1082. So now let's get to my interview. And today, even though it's getting a little cooler out, we're really not in the throes of winter yet, thankfully. But of course, anytime I think of Jimmy Stewart, I think of his legendary movie, It's a Wonderful Life. But this man, this tremendous actor, this incredible person that he was, there's so much more to him. And there is a museum dedicated to Jimmy Stewart in Indiana, Pennsylvania. It's definitely worth a trip to the area uh, to check out his entire career. But I wanted to give you a little bit of a sneak peek into what the museum has, what you can expect when you go there, uh, the annual events that they have, et cetera. So I asked Janie McCurkin, the new executive director and president of the Jimmy Stewart Museum, to come and be a guest on my show. And fortunately for us, she said yes. So enjoy the interview, and I'll see you on the other side. So today on Real Travels, I want to welcome Janie McCurkin, the new executive director and president of the Jimmy Stewart Museum. I bet you didn't know there was one located in Indiana, Pennsylvania. But after today, that's going to work. That's going to be where you're going to want to make your next trip. So, first of all, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Um, so, tell me, you, do you need to be like a big fan of Jimmy Stewart to become executive director and president <laughs> of this museum? I mean, I'm guessing you are, right? Or at least well, you have I to am, become one. 
I am definitely a fan of Jimmy Stewart. I was before I got here. I was a big movie buff to begin with. But when I moved here and knew this was his hometown and his boyhood home, there's so much history with the Stewart family here. And then um, right away I have a marketing advertising background. I volunteered for the museum then became a board member and uh and I was uh, I was sold. I was a bigger I became a bigger fan. So why did you volunteer? Like how long ago was that and what made you say, you know, I really want to work with this museum or volunteer with this museum? Well, I came here um, about, uh, let's say, about 25 years ago, and I was pregnant with my first child. So I just stopped. I had moved from Detroit area. I had a big uh, advertising marketing job. And so I knew I was raising a a little one, and I decided, well, I'll do volunteer work instead of a full-time job because my husband works a lot. And, uh, And I have marketing skills, and I thought, this museum brings a lot of people from all over the world and the country to our small town, and it's good for our economy. It's good for um, our downtown to keep it vibrant, which it is. And so that's one of the reasons why I started volunteering. I thought I had a skill set that they could use. You know, it's really interesting because at the beginning I said, I bet you didn't know there was one. But, you know, the truth is is that, uh, like you said, there's a ton of people that make the trip to Indiana, Pennsylvania, to see this museum. So tell me a little bit about, you know, how the museum got started. And we'll talk a little bit about Jimmy and his and his career. Sure. Um, the museum got started um, before, I don't know, maybe about 30 years ago, there was talk of doing a museum, and they had talked to Jimmy. And he originally, he's a very humble man and really didn't want a museum in his honor, but if it was going to happen, he wanted it to be here in Indiana because it knew it benefited economically our small town. So he agreed to do it. He wanted it to be a humble museum. He wanted it to be down, located in or straight in downtown Indiana, which it is. And so he had some things, you know, for us to agree to. But uh, other than that, he said, go for it. And so we're above the library downtown Indiana. Um, we've got a couple floors, and we have a lot of uh, Jimmy Stewart paraphernalia and a lot of fascinating things. Well, wow, we're definitely going to get into talking about that in a little while, but can you tell me where is Indiana, Pennsylvania, just so that people kind of know on the map? Are we talking like near Philly, farther west? Like, where are you? We are actually east of um, Pittsburgh. We're closer to Pittsburgh. We're about an hour east, southeast of Pittsburgh. Oh, okay. Um, And we have a university here, Indiana University of Pennsylvania. And we have about 15,000 residents, 30,000 when school, the university is in session, makes us about 30,000 when the university is full. So it's a nice-sized town. And one of the things I want to find out, too, is, like, what else is there to do? And I'll ask you about that in just a little bit. Sure. Um, because, you know, when people make trips, it's like they try to do more than one thing. So, you Absolutely. know, like give them some tips on what else there is. But let's start talking about the man himself, okay? Uh-huh. So before I get into that, so I, I have a Facebook page of a lot of other movie buffs like myself and, your, and, and you, and I decided to ask them, who was a fan of Jimmy Stewart, what movies, and why? So I wanted to share with you some of the answers I got, which I thought okay. were really cool. Okay, so um, my friend Laura said, Rear Window, and It's a Wonderful Life. He's so good at portraying the common, decent man driven by life to almost ruin, but he always triumphs 
triumphed in the end. And then another person said, um, it's a wonderful life. Um, but when I asked her why she also said rear window, she said, Hitchcock, Grace Kelly, and Jimmy um, is, again, a man torn by doing the right thing, riding out the murderer, or just ignoring it. I love the way it's shot, too. But Jimmy is a man who's disabled temporarily, and he uses his talent to ultimately save a life at risk to himself. Other people mention the Philadelphia story, Spirit of St. Louis, Life in the Phoenix, um, the Glenn Miller story, which I completely forgot about, and, of course, mm-hmm. Mr. Smith goes to Washington. What do you think about what these people said about the type of actor Jimmy was and, and what why people are so intrigued by him? Well, I think he, first of all, he is the humble, nice man that you seem, that he portrays himself to be. He is that kind of a guy, an every man's man. But he was also, it blows my mind how versatile he is. Because, you know, he did comedies like Philadelphia Story and You Can't Take It With You. But then he did four Hitchcock films. And then he went Mm -hmm. to It's a Wonderful Life. He did a lot of drama. He did westerns. He played the hero. He played the villain. He played comic relief. He really was a very well-ranged actor. Um, But I think people could relate to him. I definitely agree with that, and I, it was funny. I in when I do my interviews, of course, you know, I do my research, and I I've seen several of his movies, and but I wanted to go back and see him on see things on YouTube that they had, and they had a great interview with him and Johnny Carson, and mm-hmm. um, he I'll never forget like Johnny said to him, you know, it was like New Year's Eve or something, um, or close to, and he, he was like, do you ever make New Year's resolutions and Jimmy goes, yes, and Johnny goes, what are they? He goes, I forget. <laughs> and I'm like, that, it, like they just, just like deadpan, I forget. And then he goes, well, you know, have you made them in the past? And he goes, yeah, and Jimmy, and Jimmy says, I, I try to stop smoking. And, and then he hesitates and hesitates and goes, and try to talk faster. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was the stress solution to try so he did have this awesome ability to just be funny when you like least expected it, you know, and, and that's one of the things I loved about his diversity and, and seeing him, like, I know he did like the Carol Burnett show and some, some mm-hmm. of the other uh, shows back then. And I think a lot of people see things like rear window and it's a wonderful life and forget about the comedic side of him. Absolutely. He's a really your- funny, funny man, um, and if you see some of the clips that he has when he was on guest starring on other people's TV shows, um, but even in um, the Philadelphia story, he has a scene where he's playing that he's drunk, and he ad-libbed that he had the hiccups, and so he's adding the hiccups and then finally goes deadpan face and goes, I have the hiccups. So it was like a obvious thing, but it was a total impromptu. The other actors didn't expect it, and it's a very funny part of that movie. That's so funny. What is your favorite movie of his? Oh boy, it's tough. Um, probably Philadelphia I know, it's Story. Like favorite child kind of thing, right? You know? Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, uh, Philadelphia Story just because you can't beat the combo of Cary Grant and Katherine Hepburn and Jimmy Stewart all in one movie, but. You know, I can't ignore It's a Wonderful Life, which is amazing. And there's so Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. There's so many great, great films he was in that it depends what kind of mood I'm in, what my favorite is probably. 
Yeah, you know, that's true. I mean, you, you, and then plus you also mentioned It's a Wonderful Life, which we, we mm-hmm. have to talk about because I am going to be completely honest with you. For I'm in my 50s, and for uh-huh. years I've seen bits and pieces of It's a Wonderful Life. And then last Christmas I decided that's it. I am sitting and I'm watching this from start to finish. Mm-hmm. And I finally did, and I loved it, but I thought it was much darker than I really like and anybody out there who had never who's never watched it might feel the same way when they when they watch it the first time too it's not like a you know cheery cheery kind of Christmas movie until of course the end it's kind of dark it is he's he's considering suicide in that movie so it it is kind of dark, and until you get to the the ending of it, but it just makes everybody realize what life would be like if you weren't in it. And it's a great, great movie. It it makes people think. It was the first movie he did after he returned from serving in World War Two. And uh, oh, and wow. and that's yeah. And so that was the first one he did. He was really hesitant about kissing Donna Reed. Um, and nervous about it, Why? and then he, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's you know he's in the war and he wasn't used to it. He wasn't married at the time, and and so they he decided just to go for it, and they did it in one take, and they almost had to edit it because it was so steamy <laughs> at the time that movie was coming out. So, um, but it's 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 a movie which is great that's played every Christmas, and I don't know if you've heard, but Paul McCartney from the Beatles is actually working on doing a musical based on this movie for 2020. I did not know that. That's he incredible. is. Mm-hmm. For 2020, huh? That's, yes. wow, that's right around the corner. <laughs> I know. So we're really excited because it may bring a whole new generation of fans um, to the movie and, and hopefully to Jimmy Stewart. Oh, absolutely. Now you said earlier that when, and I, I'm sure that this isn't, I don't know if this is something that you can mention, but when you were guys talked about doing this museum with him, he had a couple of requests because, like you said, you know, he wasn't quite sure that he wanted this, and I guess that's the humble kind of guy he was, wasn't sure yeah. he wanted a museum about himself. What were the requests that he had about actually doing a museum? He finally, when he agreed to it, he his requests were that it be humble. He didn't want something big and grandiose in size. Um, he wanted it to be actually located somewhere on our main street, downtown Indiana. And he didn't want us to bug any of his celebrity friends for donations or items for the museum. So how do you guys keep going then? I mean, and keeping a museum open is, is a lot of work. So tell it, me a little bit about what some of the things you you do. It's it, it is a challenge, and a lot of his fans are getting a lot older. So it's also educating a new generation. But we try to um, our 25th anniversary is next year, so we're going to probably shut down the museum for a week in February and just repaint and reorganize um, some of our galleries, uh, put out some new things. I've been back in our archives, and there's been things that have yet to be um, displayed, some great treasures. So when I have a stressful day, I just go back in the archives and find amazing things back here. So we try to do fresh exhibits. We're going to have rotating exhibits. Um, we're talking with other museums about maybe exchanging some things uh, from other celebrity museums so we get some fresh things in there. And also to educate 
um, get a program in schools. He There's a great story about Jimmy where his twin daughters were going off to college, and he seriously called them into his office and said, I've got to talk with you. And they were thinking it was going to be some kind of talk about study hard or, you know, uh, be good or don't do anything I wouldn't do sort of thing. And all he did was look at them and say, just remember, be nice to people. And that was his only advice that he gave his daughters. And he's that kind of man. So we're trying to educate people on being a good citizen, being a good person, you know, maybe integrating at some anti-bullying programs in school and uh, starting locally. And maybe we can um, work on an educational snippet to be able to be integrated in schools, you know, around the, the country, which would be my goal. That's awesome. And from what I understand, too, he was a Boy Scout, and you have this, like, Good Citizenship Award. Can you talk a little bit about that, too? Absolutely. There is a Good Citizenship Award that uh, scouts can earn a badge, scouter, scouters, and um, it basically gets into the heart of what a citizen is and um, learning about being a citizen in your own community, learning about the life of Jimmy Stewart and what he did as far as his philanthropic work and serving in the military and what kind of man he was um, and giving back. And uh, they also learn about the museum and his life in, in, in the meantime. And then they do some kind of a project uh, to better their community. And they have to document that and write about that and send that in. And there are Boy Scouts here, men that, are, um, that run the organization here, that read all their projects and then award them the badge. And they can also come to the museum as well and uh, visit here, or they can do it online. Oh wow, um, that that's an incredible honor to to win something like that or to get something like that. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, now did did Jimmy ever see the museum like afterwards? Did he show up there at all? He never. He came here for his seventy fifth uh, birthday, and that's when we unveiled a bronze statue that's in front of our courthouse right now. But he never got to see the museum. By the time it opened, he was uh, his health had been failing, his wife had died, and he was pretty much so in love with her, pretty reclusive after that. But both of his twin daughters have been here multiple times. And uh, they helped open the museum, cut the ribbon. They've been back here when we award Harvey Award dinners to celebrities. And so we do have a major support of their family. You mentioned the Harvey Award dinner. Can you talk a little bit about the annual events you had? I see that you have like a summer under the stars kind of thing. Tell us a little bit about like annual events you guys put on sure we um i'll start with christmas because it's right around the corner but we have a huge it's a wonderful life festival and then we also have a parade and we get hundreds if not thousands of people that come for our parade and we light the tree and we have somebody who uh is a jimmy stewart um uh imitates him and then we always show that night we show the making of it's a wonderful life give out free cookies and then all through december we have a special it's a wonderful life exhibit on items from the the movie and little tidbits you didn't know behind the scenes we have a replica of the house from it's a wonderful life and um and so we do that all through december and we show the movie it's a wonderful life every single weekend um, and so we have a big Christmas um, as well, a, a event as well, and um, we also have a lot of items in our store that are related to It's a Wonderful Life. So it's really a fun time here, and our town is very much 
like Bedford Falls. It's a small, quaint town that has lights on all the posts, little Christmas trees, and a lot of really unique little storefronts. And then there's a lot of light displays all over on the buildings downtown. All the buildings are lit up. So it's a great place to be at Christmas. So that's kind of our first around-the-clock thing. We also do something at Veterans Day where we let anybody who is a veteran come in for free to the museum, as well as we have a Veterans Day parade on Veterans Day. Um, And then the Harvey Ward Dinner isn't specifically a certain period of time because it depends on what celebrity we're honoring when they're available as far as their um, time frame and in between projects. So we will honor a celebrity just recently. We honored a couple of years ago, Carol Burnett. Um, We've honored uh, Ernest Borgnine and Shirley Jones, Janet Lee, June Allison. Uh, Some people, you know, Rich Little has been here many times, Charlton Heston, Robert Wagner, a lot of, I, I could go on, a lot of people um, Nick and Nina Clooney, George Clooney's parents, are big fans of the museum, and they've been here m- multiple times and also emceed um, uh, some of our events as well as Rich Little. Um, so we kind of, you know, it depends when someone's available. Sometimes a project will come up and they'll have to change, but we try and have a big dinner. Um, we have them visit the museum. It depends on the star whether they agree to an autograph session at the museum or not, but it's a great weekend of events around whatever celebrity is coming in for the Harvey Award dinner. And then we also um, usually have a big event on his birthday, which is May 20th every year. We have a birthday weekend celebration where we'll show special movies. We'll have uh, a cheaper admission to the museum. We have birthday cake. And sometimes we'll have special exhibits, antique car show, all sorts of things have been done then. Um, So, yeah, it's kind of a a really, really neat um, time around our museum at different times of the year. Wow, that's amazing. First of all, I knew I loved them for a reason. We share the same birth month, you know, and the Gemini <laughs> is a Gemini. We all stick together. But, and for that's people great. out there, I mean, the names that you dropped, okay, and, and you talk about bringing in a new generation and the names that you were dropping that, that have been honored in the past, oh, my God. I mean, those the people that you mentioned are just unbelievable carol burnett is like one of my idols and oh. just like you know rich little the, the the impressions that he did charlton heston my knees went weak you know it's just it, <laughs> it's it's amazing i think that to, to work on keeping jimmy's memory alive and the memory of all of these um you know actors and performers um through the years is so important and that's why I love doing interviews like this because I just think that anybody who's out there doing that you know gets props in my book you know um, keeping the memories alive absolutely let me ask you you know we talked about um being in Indiana Mm -hmm. Pennsylvania that is um okay so what if I'm going to plan a trip to come there whether it be in December for for the it's a wonderful life festival or you know, any other time of year, what else is there to do in the area, um, you know? Sure. There's um, multiple things in our town, per se. There's multiple um, things to find out about his life, like his boyhood home is still standing, uh, the site of where he um, was born, but his house burned down, um, the church they went to. Um, There's a lot of really cool things that you can kind of take a tour around our downtown, where his dad's hardware store was, where he sent uh, his Oscar when he wanted, he put it in the window of the hardware store, and it was there until uh, his dad passed away and closed the hardware. 
hardware store. So that's neat. We have a small, he was big, obviously a pilot, World War II and into aviation. So there is a Jimmy Stewart uh, airport nearby and you can go out there and they have an exhibit on Jimmy Stewart as well as one of his refurbished um, Cessna's planes is out there as well. Um, so that's really neat to see. But we also have, um, we're very close to Punxsutawney, so if you want to go up to uh, Groundhog, uh, there's all sorts of things to see up there. Um, we have a lot of hiking and biking trails and kayaking around in the area when the weather's warm and nice. Um, and our town itself has a bunch of really neat boutique stores and restaurants. It's a great place to come and stay for a weekend and uh, explore what we have to see. So, yeah. Terrific. And one of the new things I'm doing, because um, down the road my goal is to get an RV and travel the country and live in it. So I've been obsessed with RVs. And you're probably like, what the hell does that have to do with this? Um, I just <laughs> want to know if... I want to let the RV community know if your museum is RV accessible. Like, do you have parking for for them? Well, we would have to probably, if we knew in advance, we might be able to um, uh, get a couple of parking meters out front. Um, but we do have parking lots in the back that probably could definitely accommodate an RV. Um, but if they're coming and want to park, if we knew ahead of time, we could make accommodations for that as well. Or just walk in and and uh, and be on a side street, and uh, we'll tell them where to go. Okay, so you're saying the parking lot has some availability, like maybe if they don't have like the huge RVs, maybe like a smaller one. Yes. But other yeah. than that, they may be like street parking or something like that if they're just stopping in for the day. Absolutely. So because we're right downtown in a small town, so we you know don't have huge parking lots. We do have a parking structure, and I don't know off the top of my head um, what their uh, availability is for our RV parking, but I can certainly find that out. Um, if you can even email me, I can add it to, to um, sure. my show notes afterwards. That would be wonderful. I and could definitely thing- do that. Excellent. And the one thing I love, I just want to say before I go, uh, let you go, is um, on your website, which I'm going to have you give the address out, I love your little shopping center in there. All the different, the ornaments that you guys have, the books, the movies, the the clothing. I mean, that's like, that's a great, um, you know, you talk about being like, you know, at holiday time looking for things. But any time of the year, really, I just think it's a great little online shop. It's got a lot of stuff. Well, thank you. And I'm continually adding to that. So I'm always looking for new items and new ideas. And I have a couple things in the works right now. So definitely keep looking as we update our website. Um, and really come see uh, the museum when people come, even celebrities, as modest as it is, are very impressed with the collection we have of Hollywood memorabilia, World War II uniforms, um, costumes from movies, awards, and lots and lots of pictures of, of Jimmy and his family. Um, we're working at making a, a new exhibit for his friendship with Henry Fonda, which was a lifelong friendship. The two of them were roommates in college. So there's a lot of, lot of fast fascinating things when you come. We have his Chasen's booth from uh, California that he and his family always sat at from a restaurant, and his daughter said the gum that they put underneath the table is still there. <laughs> <laughs> so, so 
yeah, there's a lot of really neat items in the museum, really unique stuff. And we have a 50-seat theater as well. So we constantly will play biographies or movies. You can come and request um, things that we have to, to actually watch when you come to the museum. So. Now let our listeners know um, how much is it to get into the museum and where can they find out more information? Um, they It's $9 for adults and $8 for seniors. I believe it's $7 for students and children under 10, I think, are free. And uh, veterans uh, uh, usually get a discount as well. And you can find out more information on our website at www.jimmy.org. Terrific. And uh, Janie, thank you so much for spending some time with us today and getting the information out about this great museum. I was so much fun. I had so much fun talking to you. Well, thank you. I did too. And I so appreciate you having me on. Well, I appreciate it more. So you have a wonderful day and I will let you guys know when this uh, podcast is out, but thank you so much. Please do. And have a wonderful life. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I love that. Have a wonderful life. (laughs) Um, I love that interview, and I really hope that you guys take the time to go to Indiana, Pennsylvania. Even if you're just driving through Pennsylvania somewhere else, stop and support the museum. Um, There's a lot of museums like this across the country, and they depend on our support to keep going and to keep the name of these legendary actors and actresses alive. So thank you so much, Janie, for for being with me. Um, Now, I want to get to my celebrity minute, but before I do, I want to give you my podcast pick of the week. I have been obsessed with listening to podcasts, and I've mentioned it a few times now, and I'm listening to all different kinds. I'm listening to uh, ones on travel, nomading, RVing, um, and even ones on improving Instagram posts, (laughs) because that's the new thing that I'm interested in. So... But this week, I'm going to give a shout-out to my podcast pick of the week, which is the RV Show USA with Alan Warren. And you can find out more information on the RVShowUSA.com. I do listen to him regularly and really enjoy the show. They give a lot of really great information out. Um, so he's on my list of my, one of my favorite RV podcasts to listen to. So check it out if you're a soon-to-be or um, RVer or you want or you are an RVer now, or you just dream about it one day down in the future, you know, you learn a lot. I've started listening to all this RV stuff in May. cannot tell you how much I've learned since I started, and I think it's been an incredible experience. So uh, podcasts like this definitely help. So getting on to my uh, Celebrity Minute, which absolutely happened as a fluke, and I am so excited that it did. Um, I had posted when I was downsizing that I'd come across, I was a huge Guiding Light fan when I was a kid, and up until, you know, um, into my 20s, and, and, and I went to the fan club things, and I went to this one fan club event in New York City where I had the opportunity to meet several, many of the cast at the time, and I had a Guiding Light book. And my book had all the signatures in it. And when I was downsizing, I came across that. And I was so excited to see it again. So I posted about it. And a friend of mine tells me that, (laughs) I'll give a shout out to Eddie. Thank you so much. Tells me that his neighbor, and I'm not going to say where he lives, but his neighbor is Liz Kiefer, who, if you're a Guiding Light fan, 
played Blake Marler um, on Guiding Light and was a fan favorite for, for many, many years and always loved um, as an actress on that show. And she's done other work as well. And you can check out her IMDb page to see all the other things that she's been in. But for me personally, she was known as, as Blake Marler on Guiding Light. And uh, so Eddie calls me and he goes, she's my neighbor. And I got all excited. I said, do you think there's any chance she would be willing to do my Celebrity Minute and talk about where one of her favorite places was? Within 24 hours, I was on the phone with Liz, who is seriously one of the most down-to-earth celebrities I've had a chance to talk to. Um, And I've interviewed hundreds. So that's saying a lot. And I just felt like I was talking to a friend. And she's very sweet. And a few weeks later, she sent me her Celebrity Minute, and I'm thrilled to share that with you. And the one thing that I love is that it has to do with a trip to Italy. So first, I want you to hear that she does say her name because we kind of separated it from the, from the, the uh, post. But um, I'm going to play the, her saying that it's her so that she can hear it and then go right into her Celebrity Minute. So hang on one second. Hi, this is Liz Kiefer. A couple of years ago, I traveled to Italy, and I spent a week in Rome visiting a friend on location. It was grand and glorious. And then I spent a week in Torino visiting my girlfriend who lives there, who at the time, unfortunately, had a broken ankle. So it was my job to go out and get provisions each day. But unlike Rome, where they cater to Americans and everybody spoke English, in Torino, that was not the case. I literally was Googling food products in order to communicate what I needed. And in the middle of this beautiful city where I could not communicate with anybody, I stumbled across a History of Cinema Museum. This gorgeous three-story dome building, this piece of architecture that was a masterpiece, filled with the history of cinema, down to the very first cameras, clips of every film from every genre, beautiful chases that you sat back and you immersed yourself in all of this. I mean, it was this interactive three-story building that I I just I found it extraordinary that I'm in the middle of a city where I can barely communicate my needs for breakfast and yet I'm able to immerse myself in 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 my love and it's the only place that I could understand what they were saying <laughs> they spoke english oh that was funny very ironic grand grand adventure Liz, thank you so much for sharing your story. And I had never heard about this museum prior to Liz talking about it. And it's the National Cinema Museum. And if you go to www.museocinema.it slash IT, you'll see the website for it. Um, you could do it. You could put it into translation and it'll all come up in English for you. Uh, but wow, I mean, this looks amazing. They had exhibits, they have exhibits listed for Marlon Brando. They were playing Fred Astaire on the website. Ah, my heart to be in Italy looking at stuff like this and just the two combined. I, I can only imagine how she felt when she was there. So thank you again, Liz, for sharing your story with us. And just so everybody knows, you know, Liz um, has a website. It's Liz Kiefer, K-E-I-F-E-R.com. You can also follow her on Twitter and let her know that you heard the, the um, uh, podcast and that you want to give a shout out. And I cannot wait to see what she does next. Um, and again, I want to thank her so much for being on the show.
So that is another episode of Real Travels. And if you have any questions, let me know. You can follow me on Instagram, The Virgin Traveler, or Twitter, at Virgin Traveler. Most importantly, if you like this podcast, can you please rate it on iTunes or wherever you're listening to it, or leave me a review. I'm really trying to grow this podcast, and your reviews and your stars would be absolutely helpful to me to do that. I'm going to be bringing more travel and writing tips to the podcast, um, as well as, you know, um, new feature that I'm adding, which is talking about RVers, uh, and if you're traveling somewhere, it's a museum or festival, I'm talking about that week is RV friendly, because I believe that's important um, for all of you traveling out there. So again, I want to thank you for listening to Real Travels, and I will be back next week with another episode. In the meantime, I really do hope that you get out and travel. Mm-hmm.